Welcome to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style so they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned into the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to The Cool. What we do is... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You are now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are live on the air right now, and we are back for another live edition of Cool Radio. Welcome to the show, people, one more time. Um, I have a lot of things to get to on today's show. Today's show uh, will not feature any guests, but there will be a lot of talking points on here. Uh, we're going to go in on Serena Williams and her critique on her body. We're going to go on Kylie Jenner and the critique on her having braids. We're going to go in a little bit in depth on the ESPYs and what's uh, Miss, uh, what's your name? Uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh It'll come back to me. Don't worry about it. It's right off the top of my tongue. But nonetheless, we're going to be talking about Drake. We're going to be talking about Pan Am Games. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of things today. Ronda Rousey, that was the name I was trying to think about. Okay, we're going to talk about her as well. But nonetheless, we have a lot of things to get to. So with that being said, let's kick it off with the first segment that you guys always love to hear about. Um, it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. All right, so I definitely want to get this off my chest right now. This was going to be a trip talk segment, but there is so much that was happening within the world of like hip hop and pop culture as a whole this week that I'm going to slide this up to the let that ish breathe uh, category. Pardon me. So with that being said, um, Drake this week released the video for his single Energy, and he released the video exclusively through Apple Music. All right, so. This is the question that I have for you guys as fans, as listeners, as consumers of music. Now, it's one thing to have, you know, streaming services such as Apple Music, such as Spotify, Tidal and what have you. Um, it's another or and it's also one thing to buy albums off of, you know, grand libraries off of the Internet. But it's also another thing, in my opinion, to only have videos exclusive to certain domains that you may have to pay for on a monthly basis now with music videos music videos they are easily digestible but there's very little replay value in my opinion now mind you there are videos out there that get millions and millions of hits and that's cool because there could be that one person who watches them a hundred times over and that's great but if you want to compare a music video to an album which one has more replay value i'm going to choose the album for five hundred thousand dollars alex um all Overall, the point I'm trying to make is should music videos only be exclusive to certain platforms like an Apple Music or like a Spotify, for example? I don't think they should. I really don't think they should because at the end of the day, I feel like a music video a music video is only, what, like three minutes long these days? Like the average music video, let's just say. Um, the replay value of music videos 
are very short in comparison to how they were, let's say, 20 years ago. I mean, if you're watching, let's say, uh, the mix on Much Music, you could not wait to see that video with Method Man featuring Mary J. Blige. And you'd record that on a VHS tape, and you'd rewind that bad boy, and you'd watch it as many times as possible until you're bored with it. Nowadays, with music videos, and maybe this is just me being subjective, but I don't feel as if they have a lot of replay value unless if the video in question was so impactful. There was so much uh, um, imagery that was happening within the video, a lot of creativity. If it played out like a movie, for example, Thriller has plenty of replay value. It almost played out like a movie in a sense. Um, even Kendrick Lamar's new video for All Right, that has a lot of replay value. Now, I'm not trying to say that Drake's new video doesn't have replay value, but at the same time, I'm just speaking for majority of music videos out there nowadays. I feel like that's what they're lacking. And so... Just to see a music video, or sorry, to pay a certain fee per month just to see a music video, well, not just to see a music video, but amongst other things as well, including a music video, I don't think it's necessarily worth it. If you want to stream music and buy albums for like $15 a month or whatever the case may be for any streaming platform regardless, I can get with that. I understand that. But for to pay that much just to see a music video... I'm not really on board with it. That's just my personal take on it. I don't know what you guys think, but me personally, it's not something that I can necessarily jive with. But again, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Let me know what your opinion is. I'm curious to hear it. When we come back from the break, we've got to get into this discussion that involves Serena Williams' body and Kylie Jenner's braids and if she's quote-unquote culture appropriating and i hate that term to death because there are people out there who abuse it i'm gonna get into all that after the break but before we get to that we got some canadian content to get to and this one comes by way of an artist uh hailing from ottawa ontario the 613 shouts my man glad pie you know whoa uh this one comes from a man emrick all right and he's an r&b artist like i mentioned and this track is called makes me sad so keep it locked this is cool radio we'll be right back after these messages Messages. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuning into CF <coughs> pardon me, CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show. Uh now, as promised, before we went to the commercial break, I did say that we were going to discuss Serena Williams and Kylie Jenner. All right. Now, the reason why I'm combining these two topics together is mainly because they fall under the underlining theme of Culture appropriation. And I hate that term so much because I feel like over the last, I don't know, a year or so, let's, let's call it a year, that it's been abused. It's been abused and there have been people who don't necessarily know how to use it. And I feel as if they only use that term when it's opportunistic in their eyes, when they see fit. And they don't call a spade a spade when it's time to in regards to culture appropriation. So anyways, with that being said, let's talk about... Serena first, I'll get a Kylie after, and then we'll bring everything together, all right? <clears throat> Here we go. All right, so with Serena Williams, she's been killing it, all right? She killed it at Wimbledon. Uh, it's another, another Wimbledon victory for her. And basically, at this point in her career, she has to be considered the greatest female tennis player of all time, bar none. I don't want to hear it. Like, there's no excuse. Like, she has been killing it for almost 20 years now, ever since she was a teenager, and she's only 33. I feel like she still has more to go, and she's in top physical shape, all right? Now, let's get to that. So, some right-wing pundit decided to make the assumption that 
Serena Williams is built like a man. All right. Now, basically, from hindsight, he's only making that assumption because of the fact that she's tall. She has a very, you know, very muscularly, muscularly, muscularly toned body. Pardon me. Uh, very toned body. And she's athletic. I mean, but rightfully so. She's a professional athlete. She has to be toned. She has to uh, be bulky in certain areas of her body. Like, and at the end of the day, that's just her natural figure. But he was the only one who was saying this. There are many people who are saying this, many people who are making jokes about this. And at the end of the day, it's almost as if people were poking fun at her, almost treating her like some sort of science experiment. I even went on Twitter a couple of days and made the assumption that people are treating her as if she's a new age Sarah Bartman, so to speak. Now, for those who don't know who Sarah Bartman is, she was a slave who was looked at as some sort of carnival attraction because of the fact that her body was shaped in a way that wasn't commonly seen. Like she was very curvaceous within her breast, within her ass, within her, within her thighs, all sorts of her body. And they, when she died, they actually dissected her and put her parts up on display. Now, with that being said, I feel as though they're treating Serena in that fashion. Um, and what I noticed from the mainstream media, remember what, well, remember that I just said mainstream media, uh, I happen to notice from the mainstream media that they'll kind of poke fun at her body, but then they'll go to someone like, I don't know, let's just say Caitlyn Jenner, who used to be a man. They'll look at her and applaud her for her transformation from becoming a man into a woman. ESPN went so far as to give her the Author Ash Award in the ESPY ceremony uh, this week and praised her for her efforts in you know being courageous with that. Now... I'll give credit to where credit is due. That is a very brave thing to do. Uh, but again, let's call a spade a spade. Let's not let's not demonize a woman for having a quote unquote manly figure, but then congratulate the person who was transformed from a man into a woman who still continues to have their manly figure from their past life as a man. That's that does not make sense to me, you know. But hey. What do I know? You know, I'm just a broadcast journalist who, you know, does a weekly radio show. But anyways, I guess that's none of my business, right? Let me sip some tea real quick. Yeah, none of my business, right? So let's 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 move on from that. We'll get back to that in a moment, shall we? Now let's talk about Kylie Jenner. Now Kylie Jenner took a lot of heat this week, uh, particularly from the Hunger Games star, uh, Amanda Stenberg, basically because of the fact that Kylie decided to put her hair in cornrows. And she tweeted it with the hashtag, I woke up like this. Not a big deal. It's whatever. She's a young kid, you know, going into pop culture references. Who cares? Now, Stenberg made the judgment call that if Jenner or any white person for that matter is going to put their hair in... In, in an Afrocentric style, like Cornos, for example, then they are obligated to speak on, you know, political matters that are happening within the black community. I'm paraphrasing, mind you, but nonetheless, I, I disagree with that statement. Because at the end of the day, if you are a 17-year-old kid, you know, you could, you could be white, you could be Hispanic, whatever the case may be, and you're putting your hair in an Afrocentric style of hair or of, of styling, basically— you're not obligated to do any of those things. 
Kylie Jenner is not a political figure, nor is she aspiring to be one. She's a, she's a 17-year-old kid who grew up in an affluent family who happens to be one of the richest families in the world and by far the most popular family in the world because of their reality series, amongst other things. At the end of the day, Jenner does not owe the black community a damn thing, nor does any white person who chooses to style their hair in some sort of Afrocentric form. I think Amanda was wrong on her part to say that. However, she was right when she also did mention the fact that the mainstream media, remember I said that, um, likes to point out flaws within the black community as far as the way we style our hair. When we style our hair or the way we dress or whatever the case may be, it's demonized. But when someone from the from the white community does it, then it's praised as being edgy and and out there and whatever type of terminology you want to use to describe it. I agree with that. But here's my thing now. If you come to that conclusion, then why are you pointing the finger at Kylie? That's not fair to Kylie. Mind you, I am not a Jenner fan slash Kardashian fan in any sense of the imagination. If you guys have been listening to my show, you know that I love to roast these guys just out of sports. But I got to be fair. It's not fair to point someone out on that type of judgment call because at the end of the day, they are not the facilitators of that. They are not the tastemakers of that. This goes back to the Iggy Azalea argument that I had earlier in the year or even last year where people were saying, oh, she's not being authentic. She's culture appropriating this, that, and a third. However, at the end of the day, she is not the one who prefers to rap the way that she raps or to dress the way that she dresses. At the end of the day, she's on a mainstream record label. And when you are on those types of labels, they tell you what to do. They tell you how to eloquate yourself. They tell you how to dress. They tell you how to act out your mannerisms. This is what they tell you to do. So do not get mad at the person in question. Get mad at the tastemakers. But of course, people don't want to do that because it's so much more easier to point at a focal point rather than a large conglomerate. And I feel like that is the issue with a lot of black people who are mad at the fact that Kylie Jenner has braids. It To me, it doesn't make any sense. If the girl wants to sport braids, let her do it. She's 17 years old. What 17-year-old kid styles her hair? And says to themselves, hmm, I'm going to make a politically conscious statement by doing this. Not a whole lot. I mean, think about, let's take this to some of the black Americans who live in, the, uh, who live in the, the southern states of America. Like Houston, for example. There are a lot of black individuals, males in particular, who dread their hair. They put it in dreadlocks. Yet they do not know the historical context behind Rastafarianism, nor, nor do they know why dreads are such an, a focal point within that culture. Or religion, however you want to describe it. Yet they do it anyway, but we don't see it as cultural appropriation because they have been deemed as black or Afrocentric. Yet they do not know the history behind it. Some do, but I guarantee that if you asked a rapper like Future as to why dreads are prevalent within the black community, he's not going to give you the full frontal answer. I guarantee that. I don't know him for a fact, but that's the same man whose father didn't know who Emmett Till was. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't know the answer behind that. Um, so I feel like people need to focus their anger on other things within that same breath. Now, I was in an interesting conversation within social media this week in regards to that. And one of the things that somebody brought up was the fact that, you know, we don't 
point out our own people for culture appropriating. For example, Amanda is getting mad at the fact that Kylie Jenner is sporting braids, which is a predominantly black hairstyle. How come no one's pointing fingers at the fact that there are some black women out there who perm their hair, who put weave in their hair, or who dye their hair blonde? Are we quick to say, or are we not quick to say that that is a culture appropriating? Are they not cultural culture appropriating white people when they do that? Because dyeing the hair blonde, putting weave in your hair, or perming it to make it straight so that it's much less coarse than what it was before is not really something that's Afrocentric in my opinion. It shouldn't be. If anything, it's something that wants to replicate itself as being closer to being white. Now, I'm not saying all black women fall under this category as far as not pointing out the fact that they isn't culture appropriating, but nonetheless, let us call a spade for a spade. If Kylie Jenner is being accused of cultural appropriation because of the fact that she braids her hair, then some black women or all black women who fall into that category of bleaching or not, sorry, not bleaching or dyeing their hair blonde or perming their hair or putting weave in the hair so that it, it, it flows better. It looks more Eurocentric then they should be accused of the exact same thing as well. Now I understand there is a deep historical context behind that. As far as fitting into a white society, as far as fitting into the business world and being deemed as professional, I understand all that. However, if you are doing any of those things to your hair just for the sake of style and fashion, then you should be put under that same bracket as Kylie Jenner. It is only fair. Now, I'm sure there are some black women who are listening to this right now or who will be watching this on YouTube and they'll be asking themselves, why is he only getting at the women? Fair enough. Let me get at the men now. For the men who dress in Eurocentric style of fashion, such as three-piece suits, such as jeans, whatever the case may be, wouldn't that be considered Eurocentric? I'm in a t-shirt right now, and I'm wearing jeans, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing uh, running shoes. Should I be considered as culture appropriating because I'm not dressed in my traditional African garments? Again, let's call a spade a spade. For the men who perm their hair as well, there's very few men who do that, but nonetheless, should they be accused of culture appropriation as well under the context of what we are discussing. These are things that need to be uh, discussed and broken down because at the end of the day, where do we draw the line as to what is cultural appropriation and what is not? All right. Now, had Kylie said something to the effect of white girls do it better, then I give Amanda full credence to get at Kylie with all vitriol. However, that was not the case. Now, let's go back to, let's say, someone like Rachel Dolezal, who created a whirlwind of controversy uh, when she was pretending to be a black person. Now, what I found very interesting about this story is the fact that the black community was very divided. Some people were with it. Some people were against it. And a lot of people in the black community were with it because of the fact that she did so much great work with the NAACP as being the head, uh, the head of her chapter within Arizona. Now, had she not done any of that philanthropy within her community, would we still be giving her credit? Because at the end of the day, like that was cultural appropriation in its fullest regard. It wasn't like Kylie doing cornrows or anything. She basically went out as blackface. She she dyed not dyed her skin. I don't know what she, she painted her skin five shades darker than what she really was. She put on a coarse wig. She wrote on many applications that she is African American. She pretended to be a black person just to fit in with the community. 
And she's a fully grown adult at that versus Kylie Jenner, who is only 17 years old, who only did it for the sake of style. But with, with Rachel, she did it just so she could fit into the black community, just so she could be the, the head of her chapter of the NAACP, just so she can do uh, philanthropy within the community as well. So, again, this brings me to the question, where do we draw the line between what is cultural appropriation and what is not? And going back to Serena Williams, I get it. Um, when people who have Serena's figure, who have you know, the curvaceous breasts, who have the curvaceous booty, who have so many things going for them, those are stereotypical black attributes. Not all black women have them, but they're very common um, within black women. And when they are seen on black women, they aren't celebrated for the most part. They're almost dissected. Almost as if it's a science project. But when someone like Angelina Jolie has the has the characteristics within her lips of having full luscious lips, when Jennifer Lopez, who is Puerto Rican, mind you, but nonetheless embraced by the white community as having a big booty, Kim Kardashian, same thing. Then those attributes are celebrated, and I get that and I understand that. And with that being said, your duty as a citizen who is offended by you know the double standard is to point your finger at mass media because at the end of the day j-lo um kim kardashian they have nothing to th- sorry they have nothing to do with that like as far as culture appropriating maybe they do but until they say something you cannot point the finger at them you have to point the finger at mainstream media for them demonizing you but then celebrating others kylie jenner should not be your focal point of attack that's all i'm saying do you agree do you disagree Hit me up at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio on Twitter and let me know what you think. I'm sure there are a lot of things that could be discussed furthermore in detail about this. But as far as I'm concerned, that's the only thing I can think about right now. But again, hit me with your opinions and we can talk about it on a later date. Now. We have a lot more to get to on today's show. We still got to get to 50 Cent. We still got to get to Kanye West and a whole lot more. Keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. Um, and it's time to play some music, of course. So who do we have on the deck right now to play for your uh, listening needs as we get to the commercial break? Well, I'm so glad you asked. We have my man, Sahai the Prince, with this track called Basquiat. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. And I'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Do this ish for Basquiat, no doubt. Well, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show. Um, one point that I forgot to mention during our whole Serena Williams, Kylie Jenner discussion. Uh, I wanted to bring out, again, another double standard uh, with Serena in particular. So they'll demonize um, Serena for having such a manly figure, uh, but then they'll celebrate, and I'm talking about they as in mainstream media, they'll celebrate someone like Ronda Rousey who participates in a sport that is very aggressive, to say the least, which is considered a manly sport, and she herself subjectively could be considered as having a manly figure, but people applaud and celebrate her um, Almost in the opposite uh, opposite vein in that regard. So that's another thing that I wanted to point out that I forgot to earlier. Um, but like I said before, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and give me your opinion. On that note, let's cut to trip talk. All right. So that's about three topics in three minutes. We're going to get to 
uh, all of them. And again, let me know what you think about these ones, because these are some huge talking points that I just got to get out. So let's get to it. <clears throat> so Nas and his uh, or sorry, just Nas, Nas's um, uh, baby mother, child of his mother or child of his first firstborn, I should say, Carmen Bryant uh, is allegedly broke. All right. So a story broke out that, that no pun intended, by the way, that she is broke, that she has little to no money to her name. Now, basically, Nas was paying her child support for the past however many years uh, to support their child uh, that they have together called Destiny. All right. So Destiny is now 18. She is now an adult in the eyes of the government. And with child support laws, you are to fund your child until he or she has reached the age of 18. And from there on, the child support ends, basically. Now, if, in fact, she is broke, then that means that she was basically living off of the child support that Nas was funding her since then. And that's not necessarily a smart move to make. Now, I'm not sure what she has done as an occupation uh, outside of the fact that she put out a tell-all book uh, back in the, I think it was the mid-2000s that she did this. And also, she had plans of putting out some sort of makeup line. I'm not sure if that fell through or if it came to fruition. But nonetheless, these are the only ventures that we know of, uh, of Carmen and her stint as a public figure. But allegedly, she has gone broke. Now, do I know this for a fact? No, this, this could be hearsay, he say, she say. But nonetheless, if in fact that she is broke, then the fact remains that living off of child support is never a smart thing to do. Child support is to sustain the child in question, whether that be for food, for clothing, for schooling, whatever the case may be, that money is supposed to be allocated to the child and not just to whomever is receiving it in the, under the name of the child to support whatever quote-unquote needs that they have. So I'm not sure what she did with that money, but at the end of the day, if in fact she is broke, then that is her fault. She is a fully functional adult who can make her own decisions and i'm talking about carmen in this case um yeah she's a fully grown adult who can make her own decisions who's able to go out and work who has been able to work in the eyes of the government ever since she herself was 18 so i can't necessarily say that i feel sympathetic towards her because what were you doing those years that you were receiving child support now i don't think she was receiving child support up until from the moment that Destiny was born. I think this happened after their breakup somewhere in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever that took place. But nonetheless, let's just say for argument's sake that she's been receiving child support for 15 years. Besides the tell-all book and besides the makeup line as to whether or not it fell through or not, what were you doing during that time as far as earning income? If you're living off of that child support, which technically the child should be living off of, then what were you really doing? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough situation that she's in, but at the end of the day, it's hard for me to feel sympathetic if she was living off the child support because that's never a smart thing to do. So I'm going to go off of that topic. Um, what do you guys think about it? Again, hit me up. Next topic on the docket. Uh, Kanye West, all right? Now, Kanye West was... Uh, Named as a headliner for the closing ceremonies of the Pan Am Games that was held in Toronto. All right. Now, a lot of people, surprisingly, were protesting against this. And they're signing petitions to have him not perform 
at the opening games. Now, this is the thing that gets me a little bit upset because there are people on one end saying how he shouldn't be performing. There are other people saying how there should be people who are of who have a Canadian background that should be uh, part of the closing ceremonies for this event. Now, this is what I have to say about this right here. Um, first and foremost, people could have been signing petitions about the HOV lanes and how they're extending it to three people per person or per car. Um, they could have been complaining about the traffic that has been building up, especially on the Gardner Expressway, in regards to the Pan Am Games. But no, they are protesting because an artist is headlining. Now, Kanye West is not the most liked person in the world, obviously, and I'm sure that's why people are protesting in regards to that. But nonetheless, you have to get a big draw for something like the Pan Am Games you know, to create attention. And Kanye is one of the biggest draws in the world, regardless of what genre he does. So why not have someone of his caliber close out the games in in artistic fashion as far as performing? Now, him performing or any one of that matter performing at a sporting event is nothing new. They do this for the Olympics. They do this for the Super Bowl. They do this for all-star games in the four major sports within uh, North America. They do this all the time. So this should be no different. And there are other people on the other end of the spectrum who are complaining about the fact that there are no Canadians on the bill to close out the ceremony. However, I beg to differ because... A good friend of mine and also someone who I hope to have on the show very soon who goes by the name of Trix, a comedian in the city, has something to say about it. And this is no laughing matter. Now, he says about the Pan Am Games, and I quote as soon as I get to my drop because I have a very anthemic drop to get to as soon as I say this. And I quote, some Canadians need to stop lying to themselves about this whole Kanye situation. Everyone's complaining that a Canadian should have closed Pan Am, not even realizing that Serena Ryder's on the bill as well as she's a Canadian artist. Let's be honest. How many of you would have bought tickets if it was just her on the bill? You call for Julie Black and you call for Cardinal and you call for Maestro, yet these artists constantly do concerts in the city with very little support from everyone. Now, all of a sudden, you'd support them if they close Pan Am? When they've been performing in this city the whole time, F out of here. Kanye is the biggest name between himself, Pitbull, and Serena Serena Ryder, pardon me. So logically, he's going to attract the most attention and probably sell the most tickets. Most of the Pan Am game events were empty with very little support from anyone. Now Kanye's name alone has sold plenty of tickets for the closing. With no disrespect to Cardi, Julie, Maestro, or many very qualified artists, you all know that y'all would have supported the way y'all wouldn't have supported the way you say you would. And the only reason Drake, Michael Bublé, or Melanie Fiona would have gotten any support is because they're internationally known and respected artists who blew up uh, because they're Canadian. Not because they're Canadian. Pardon me. Stop effing lying to yourselves canadians you know within your soul that's what what i'm writing is true kanye isn't the issue here you are and if you support all your artists and not just the ones who blew up then maybe just maybe one of our well-deserving hard-working ass artists would be headlining this ish hashtag mic drop and i couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more. Tricks, you definitely get the you don't know drop for that. 
absolutely. I couldn't agree more. He's absolutely right.